Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Those that are already on, those that will be coming in, God bless you. Thank you so much. This is our Tuesday night Bible study here at Praise Tabernacle Church. And once again, we're just so grateful to God for another opportunity to uh, expound on the word. And hopefully it will uh, convict and change and encourage the lives of the listeners on tonight. We know that his word will not return to him void, but it's going to accomplish. So we, we are trusting God that something will be said on tonight uh, between the teacher and the panel um, that has been studying and reviewing these scriptures for tonight. Uh, I think tonight we do have uh, my lovely wife is on. I think we have Lady Oliver on tonight. Um, I also think we have Minister and Sister Tober. Uh, on tonight, and we just thank God for those that are here. We do know Sister uh, Oglesby, you won't hear her uh, for the next few weeks uh, due to her having class. Um, I think that's what she was saying, she has class. But we we just thank God for everyone that's here. Tonight we want to go, uh, before I say a word of prayer, tonight we want you to go to Acts um Initially set in the fifth chapter, and we're gonna that's where we're gonna pick up from, but I wanna start in chapter four. I wanna start in Acts chapter four around verse thirty-two. So for those that, that have your Bible, I know uh, I told the panel Acts chapter five, uh, but to rightly divide we have to I have to go into chapter four first, which will take us right into uh, our study on tonight. There's not a lot of scriptures, but this is our Tuesday night, our family night Bible study where we really try to encourage and challenge uh, the families, uh, husbands, wives, uh, and then children as well. So uh, tonight may get a little sticky, it may get a little, uh, you know, it may get a little back and forth with, with, with the brethren that's on and the sisters that's on, but it's all for the glory of God. Uh, we we definitely do know that marriage is 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 hard work. It's a job. It's uh, it's a daily daily uh, uh, striving to to do things daily to um, you know for each other. Paul did tell us. He said he really said. I, <laughs> I wish that you all was was like me, but but everybody since you can't do it, then you know get married. For us, married is better to marry than to burn. So uh, for so many years we've always said get married, get married. But marriage is is a, is a duty. It is a, it is a duty. So um, you know. So we we wanted to, to talk about that a little bit tonight. Uh, really, the accountability. Um, between husbands and wives and, and, you know, being able to cover each other, being able to challenge each other um, in love, uh, being able to uh, correct each other, you know, definitely can say, especially from the church, uh, for, for years we've always made it seem as if only the husband can correct and challenge that wife. But we we know that's that's not that's not correct. 
Um, that wife's job is to also hold that husband accountable and the challenge, and uh, we are each other's covering, um, you know, especially me as, as a preacher. Uh, thank God for my wife. I've been preaching over 20 years. I started preaching before we got married. We was dating, but I, I started preaching before we got married. Uh, but she has been there to protect me and to cover me uh, throughout these 20-plus uh, years of me preaching. So, um, And likewise, I've been able to do the same for her. So let, let's, let's say a quick word of prayer, and we're going to dive into it tonight. Y'all know we, we're getting out of our – we're moving on for right now from our Abraham and Sarah <coughs> and Hagar, Ishmael, and Isaac. We just – you know, that was our – First, for our family night, that was our first uh, couple that we selected to deal with. And, and just the other day, I was praying and asking, Lord, what, what are we going to do next? And he gave me this. So tonight, we want to deal with Ananias and Sapphira, uh, a husband and wife team that was a part of the early church. They were a part of the early church. So before we get into it, let's say a quick word of prayer, and then we're going to dive into Acts the fourth chapter, verse 32, and we're going to read that up to uh, get into chapter 5 where we can start dealing with Ananias and Sapphira. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you as we come now to teach your word. We ask that you send your anointing that makes teaching easy. Let the words of my mouth, let the words of the panel's mouth, and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. Let no flesh get any glory in this service, in this Bible study on tonight, but all glory and honor goes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's deal with, um, this is really, <clears throat> excuse me, the first couple that uh, we see in the, uh, in the first church, um, the first couple that, you know, of course, we know that there was other couples, but dealing from Acts 1, 2, 3, up to, uh, for, you know, the establishment of the early church, um, the day of Pentecost, uh, the Holy Ghost coming and uh, dwelling on the believers, um, 3,000, I believe it was, the first that got saved and uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then chapters 2, and then going to chapter 3, um, James, uh, Peter and John, excuse me, Peter and John goes into the temple. Um, you know, they're, they're, the saints are uh, congregating for the most part daily in the temple. Peter and John goes to the temple and they see a man laid at the, uh, the, the, the temple uh, at the gate. Um, he records, they say, silver and gold. He's asking alms. Peter looks on him, John looks on him, says, silver and gold, have we none, but such as we have, give we give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Uh, the man gets up, goes into the temple, he rejoices, praising God. Everybody sees him. This is, I think, Acts chapter 3. Everybody sees him and are amazed about it and are glorifying God. But as always, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priests, these other ones uh, seize it, and they get upset. They get upset. I think this is around chapter 3 going into chapter 4. Uh, they lock Peter and John up and, and you know, uh, you know, is going to do other things. Um, 
Peter and John even then gets a chance to preach the gospel again. And I think it's another 5,000 or so that, that get saved, that come to the Lord. Uh, and I think the scripture said that was just the men, so it wasn't even counting women and children. Uh, so that's around the end of chapter 3 going into, going into chapter 4. So now we want to, uh, Peter preaches the gospel. This is the stone that the builders rejected. You know, so he's preaching the gospel, and we know about Peter. He went from uh, not being filled with the Holy Ghost and denying Christ to now we can see he's filled with the Holy Ghost, and every opportunity he has, regardless of the consequences, he is talking about Jesus. He's, he's, he's preaching the gospel. He, I mean, he's crying loud. He's sparing not. Um, we're, we're grateful for that. So the church is exploding. The church is exploding, and uh, many people are coming, you know, getting, hope, getting saved, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, and there's a big change going on. This is the pretty much the first church. Okay, so let's look at let's look at uh, Acts chapter four. Let's go down to verse thirty-two because we want to lay this foundation on on so so we can properly uh, deal with Ananias and Sapphira. We we got to we can't just start there. We got to give you uh, you know kind of why, why they did what they did. So Acts chapter four verse thirty-two, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. In other words, the, the early church, they, they shared, they, they loved each other. And we know Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. So the church has been established, and uh, it wasn't a selfish church. Uh, it was a loving, a kind, a giving church Well, we're going to see they gave uh, not of necessity They gave from their heart uh, we, we don't even see here where there was a tithe uh, in the giving It was just however and whatever, you know, they gave freely um, So this is the establishment of the church where Whatever the need was for the church, um, people did it because they loved the church. They loved the people, and they wanted everybody to be um, taken care of. So let's look at verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Okay, so with great power... Uh, the apostles gave witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were preaching the gospel. They were preaching the gospel, the life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that was one of the reasons why Peter and John and the other apostles and the other disciples got in trouble because, you know, the Sadducees, I don't forget whether it was the Sadducees or the Pharisees, one or the other, they didn't believe in resurrection. They, they, they didn't believe in, in resurrection. So for y'all, for them to be preaching that this Christ, whom Peter said the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, the one that y'all killed, God raised. And what a message, what, what a message to say to the world. You know, sometimes we go out and we're witnessing and we're on our jobs and we're, we're looking and what can I say? What can I say? You ain't got to search for, for nothing to say. You ain't got to search for it. Just, 
hey, Jesus rose. Hey, he, he came, he, he, he lived, he bled, he died for your sins, for my sins. They buried him, but the third day he rose. And, and that's the message in itself. And if the person can believe it, then, you, you know, you can go from there. But if they reject it, you know, shake the dust and move on to the next person. You, a lot of times we try to, we try to use great philosophy. We're trying to use great words and things like that. And it's real simple. Keep the gospel simple. They preach the, the gospel in its simplicity. So verse 34, neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses, they sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. So nobody lacked anything. These people, they loved the church. They loved the fellowship so much that they sold land. They sold their houses, and they brought the money willfully and willingly to the apostles and laid it at the apostles' feet because they wanted to make sure that everybody was taken care of, Okay. So they brought the prices or, or the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. You, you didn't hear, we don't, we're not reading anything where the apostles had to promise them a blessing. We don't read anywhere where the apostles had to uh, promise them a high seat. You know, if you give a certain amount of money, you, you're going to have the best seat in the church. You know, you're going to sit up front or uh, you're going to be in the pulpit or whatever. No, it, it, it was none of that. And, and what we can take from that, especially in today's term, is, is what I believe, and I've been, been saying since I've been pastoring, is give from your heart. Give from your heart. And so many times we want to give because we want to be seen or we want our name called or, or we, you know, we want to just show, you know, and, and God is saying, I'm not pleased with that. You already got your reward. So we know the scripture does tell us, you know, even when we're giving and doing alms, don't let your right hand know what your left hand doing. You know, if you be quiet about it, if you do it in secret, God will reward you openly. So we see this type of pattern in the early church, in the first church. Okay, verse 35, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. So daily distribution was given you know, whatever the family or, or the, the individual, whatever was needed, like what we try to do, you know, at our local church, you know, small small church, but a uh, huge ministry. You know, we have a food pantry where if there is a family that, that's in need, uh, we can distribute. You know, Sister Oliver pretty much handles that. Uh, we're able to distribute and, and meet the needs of not just our local church, but our community. Okay, so we see that example right here, uh, verse 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so we see it goes from them talking about the church and different uh, the church community doing it now. It it highlights Barnabas. Can y'all anyone, especially that, that's a New Testament reader, you know Barnabas did a lot of great works. He he traveled with Paul and other ones, and he did a lot of great work. 
So let's read, let's read 37 again. It's talking about Barnabas having land. He sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He sold it, and that, that seemingly was the pattern for what we saw in the previous verses. Even, even back in chapter 2, I think, it talks about the same type of thing going on. They sold it, and they brought the price of it to the apostles and laid it at the apostles' feet. And no doubt we can imagine, and theologians, as I was studying, we can, they, they kind of suggest that the people were, you know, well, this hey, he sold his land, and thank God, you know, as, folk, as a pastor, you know, would probably testify, just glad that this brother or this family has donated a certain amount of money, and we're just grateful, thank God, they helped us, uh, or they donated a piece of land. The church needed some land, so this family donated the land. So there may have been some testimonials or something going on that may have highlighted, as we see here in the scripture, Barnabas, Okay. Now, here we go in chapter 5. Here we go in chapter 5. You're always going to have a counterfeit. Anytime something good is going on in the church, there's always going to be something else. Whenever you got something good, Scripture says, wherever good is, evil is always present. So one, one uh, theologian said it like this. He said in the first few chapters when the church was started, Watch this. This will bless you. All of the negative came from the outside. The sin or the reproaches uh, which came from the Pharisees, Sadducees, uh, the scribes, the high priests, all of the, 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 the negative stuff came from the outside. All of the persecution came from the outside. But it didn't work. Okay? It didn't work. And the more they persecuted the, the believers, the apostles, the harder they preached, the more the disciples preached, the more they ministered, the more souls they won. So the devil said, well, I can't get them from the outside. What's the next best thing for the devil to do? You can't get something from the outside. You infiltrate it. You get it on the inside. You try to get that thing on the inside. Most, it ain't what, what it goes into a man that defines what comes out. It's that inside is, is the, uh, the real enemy Watch this, this will bless you, is your inner me. It's me. A lot of things we blame on the devil, and the devil can only show, okay, and only put ideas out there, but it's up to us to allow it to manifest. We done blame stuff on the devil throughout years. The devil made me do it. No, the devil may have, you know, tempted you, but you decide to do it. The devil don't have enough power to make you do anything, all right? So, we can see a pattern that they gave freely from their heart. We see that there was a persecution. If you read the first four chapters from the outside, it didn't work. The gospel still spread. So the next thing the devil does is let me get someone that's a part of the church. Let me get someone that's inside the church. Husbands and wives, like I say, this is family night. Sometimes the enemy can't get it from the outside. He'll come to the inside. Meaning he'll, he'll try to come either through that husband, he'll try to come through that wife, or he may even try to come through your children. Okay? And if you're not watchful, okay, if that husband is not watchful, he can get caught off guard. If that wife is not watchful, she can get caught off guard. 
And if they both not watching, the children can catch everybody. Okay? So you got to be, <clears throat> you got to always be on guard. Okay? You got to always be on guard. All right. Now, before we go into Chapter 5, and I know this is where the panel, I told you all to pick up there, but does anybody have anything on the panel, anything, anything you want to say right now, something that may have stuck out to you right now, anyone, anyone on the panel? Um, I'll say something, Pastor. I'll just say uh, this is a good message um, so far, just to be able to get an understanding on how church was and really how it's supposed to be um, leading, you know, before the drama, of course, that you're going to get into is about being able to come together and everybody being able to work together and being able to serve. Now, of course, this is before we get into the other part. So, you know, that's how it's supposed to be where we can be able to come together on one accord and be able to serve, of course, without, you know, any type of hidden agendas and all of this stuff. We want to be able to come together and be able to to make it work, you know, for the glory of the Lord because, you know, those people are there because of the, the testimonies and the bold preaching um, with, with Peter. And uh, right. I think John was with them, Peter and John. So, you know, you got someone that's, first off, that's a good thing um, to be able to have that effect on someone. Um, that means that you, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, as far as in the ministry to be able to win folks over, you know, and that that makes you, you know, feel real good at least to be in that position. You know, no no minister or no preacher or anyone just want the word to fall on deaf ears and you don't have right. any type of uh, fruit produced. So that's, you know, showing that yet hard work ain't in vain that these people then came together, you know, off of your testimony of the Lord and be able to, to work together. So that's a good thing in itself just to be able to come together, you know, before we get into everything. That's all I wanted to say, you know, just Great. a good example for us. Great point, Minister Tobit. Great point. Thank you for that. Anyone else on the panel? <clears throat> all right, all right. Well, cool, Mister Tobe. You, you said something that, that just jumped out to me, and it, it reminded me every Sunday, um, every Sunday that that I'm that the Lord sees fit to allow me to come in the service, uh, come to our our church. I normally stay in the back, um, you know, starting out with the sound booth, and as the people are coming in and, and, you know, your family, you and your wife, y'all greet me every Sunday. I'll be in the little back booth making sure the sound is right. And uh, y'all come in and, and greet me and uh, Belchers, uh, that's who normally sit right there in that, that little area, Deacon Belcher. Um, I sit there and then I get a chance to look from the back to the front. And even in, in discouraging moments that I may have as a pastor, every Sunday I come in and I see y'all's families and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, it's not in vain. You know, it's not in vain. Look at these families. That's right. Although we, we may be few in attendance at the local the Holy, the Holy Spirit speaks to me every Sunday and I sit there and sometimes I've, I've kept my keep myself from crying. Y'all know I cry in church in, in a minute. Uh but I sit back there and I'm and I I, I it, it's like it's a refresher that God says, hey, they could go anywhere else. They could go they all pass several churches, but look at where they come. 
Look at where they're coming. And every Sunday I do that is just a reminder, and it's, it's as if God is saying, what you're doing is not in vain. Keep, keep going. Keep preaching. Keep preaching. And then when your children come in and then the lovelace children, this Sunday I was able to just look from back there, I just looked at the children, and uh, the, love, so the, lovelace, the lovelace's baby girl, she was looking at me and just waving and waving. Then when I start clapping, she would start clapping. And it did everything. It took everything me just to, not to cry because, it, once again, it was like the Lord saying, hey, it's not in vain. It's not in vain. Somebody appreciates this. You know, someone, uh, you know, appreciates and look at the families that show up every Sunday that could be doing other things. And that's not even counting the ones that I can't see, you know, the ones that, that, that are on Facebook. So, you know, what you said, it, it means a lot um, because it's, it's easy. It's, it's easier for me, easier to just stay here in my house and I can preach from my garage like I did for the one and a half, two years. But then every Sunday is like the Lord just keeps refreshing and reminding me, no, there is some that wants, that needs this and that, that appreciate, you know, yes, you can do it from your, your garage. You showed that, but there are some that, that love it like this and that needs this and that appreciates this. So, man, what you just said, that, uh, that just made me think about just this past Sunday, and it, it happens to me all the time. So thank you for that. So, all right, as Minister Tobit just said, we done dealt with <coughs> pretty much how the church is supposed to be. Uh, on one accord, and the scripture talked about the first church, hey, they was on one accord, had everything in common. But like we said, wherever good is, evil is going to show up. So let's look at this. Let's go into chapter 5, okay? Matter of fact, before before we go into that, before we go into that, let me give the, the offering information because I know, I know y'all ready to get into chapter 5. There's only like 11 verses that we're going to go through. But let me give the offering information for tonight. I'll send my offering once we, uh, once we hang up. Um, if you'd like to give tonight, we have two, uh, two different ways that you can give. Uh, first, as always, we for our extended arms uh, ministry. That's our outreach to not just our local assembly, but to our community here in the Lawrenceville um, community. If you would like to give, give a donation of whatever, as we talked about so far tonight, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, you can do so at dollar sign EA Ministry. Uh, once again, this is extended arms. You can give a uh, generous donation of whatever amount, $1, $2, $10, $100, whatever the Lord lays on your heart, to dollar sign EA Ministry. And may the Lord bless you real good. Also, if you would like to uh, give an offering on tonight to our local church. That's Praise Tabernacle Church. You can do so uh, at the cash app dollar sign PTC eight seven seven. Once again, dollar sign PTC. That stands for Praise Tabernacle Church, and the number eight seven seven. And may the Lord bless you real good. So thank you for whatever you're able to give on tonight, and we appreciate it. So much. All right, here we go. <clears throat> here we go, husbands and wives, and uh, uh, those that are that are listening in. You got a good part of the church. You see how it's supposed to be. These folks will save, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
But now we're going to deal with another side. And here we go. This is Acts, the fifth chapter. All right, so we, we, we got all the way through chapter four for the most part. We ended with Barnabas. He sold his land, laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, chapter five starts with but. So we already know but means, uh-oh, there's a continuation, okay? So chapter four and five really could run together, starts with but. So it ends with the good on how the church was giving people were selling land, and, and whatever they sold, they brought it, laid it at the apostles' feet. Barnabas did the same thing. His, no doubt his name is mentioned. So Barnabas probably got a little accolade or, or maybe something was said about him. And now we have, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Okay. All right. Him and his wife, they sold, <coughs> excuse me, sold a possession. We don't know if it was a piece of land. We don't know if it was a, a house. We don't know if it was uh, some cattle, but they sold a possession. All right. Praise the Lord. They seemingly fitting. Right in with the church. They seemingly are uh, uh, right, in, right in sync with what the first church uh, was doing. But verse 2 says, and kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy, meaning she, she knew what was going on. So his wife also being privy to it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, now let, let's, let's just stop there. Let's open this up for the panel. Let me see. Does anybody on the panel, just those two verses, husband and wife, sold a possession, but instead of them bringing all, like everybody else, they brought a part. Okay, they brought a part. And it wasn't something that Ammonites did on his own, but we see here in the scripture that Sapphira, his wife knew about it and was in cahoots. She knew about the game. She knew about the scheme. She knew uh, the hitting things that was in their hearts, the covetousness, the, the uh, wanting more or wanting uh, prestige, wanting to be recognized, desiring something else. That was that covetousness that, was, that filled up in both of their hearts. Okay, They knew about it. All right, panel, what, what are we seeing so far? Anyone on the panel? Um, to me, it seems like we're just going to call it what it is. They lied. They were trying to be deceptive. So mm. I, don't, I don't know how much more I can say without going past the two verses, but <laughs> they, they, it seemed as if they had good intentions but maybe they were in comparison to somebody else or maybe they felt like they wanted to boast about how much they were able to give. But we all know that the Bible speaks about a cheerful giver. And if you're giving cheerfully, then you're not going to try to deceive anyone. So that's my thought. Great point. Great point. I'm going to add to that. Um, in addition to that, the, they were part of the same group. They were members of this group. So they knew yes. what to expect, and they knew 
what the um, agenda would be. They conspired to lie together, just like my sister just said. They conspired to lie to the Apostle Peter's face. They, they conspired to do this. And what I see is that they wanted to be seen giving their all. They wanted the people to see that they were giving their all. So just like, you know, we put on our little holy faces, put on those face masks, and look at me, I'm giving just like y'all give it. So I'm not going to go further. <laughs> I'm going to go into number three. But, yeah, that's what it seems to me. All right, all right. Y'all making this easy. I ain't got to, I ain't got to read the scripture now. Anybody else so far before we, before we go farther? Yeah, Pastor, um, I'd like to um, say something as well. Um, just really to add on to uh, what my wife and sister Oliver just said, basically um, about them coming together and lying. I think that <clears throat> there's a lesson to be learned here when it comes to marriage. Um, we can have each other's backs, but when it comes down to things of the Lord, one of us has to be strong enough to say that ain't right. You know, we should it, important to have a white partner to be able to be on one accord with the Lord and not against the Lord. Because they didn't realize that, you know, maybe they did or, or didn't, but you're against the Lord when you're doing something like that, you know, because you're lying. But, you know, that, that, that's what I want to say. Make sure you get the right person and y'all on one accord and not, not in the wrong way. But somebody has to say, you know, stand up and say, no, you tripping. Somebody got to get that accountability to call out the mess. Good Lord. Y'all are rough. Y'all, who's y'all pastor? Lord Jesus. Y'all are Oh, Lord. (laughs) That's. Oh, okay. Anyway, I don't know if my wife wants to chat. You got anything you want to add before I go on? No, this is good. I'm I'm going to come in, but this is good. Y'all, I, I mean, Lord, help us tonight. Jesus. Uh, I mean, everything y'all said, I, I can't even, no sense in even going back. That is, that is spot on. Husbands and wives, who... And, 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 and I opened up talking about us holding each other in check. And I gave the you know example about me and my wife. And cause some folks, I, we know many couples that got married around the same time and got married even before us. That you know you I, I mean you just I mean you just like and in the church. So we're not talking about the world. Ananias and Sapphira, as Sister uh, Oliver stated. They were a part of this fellowship. They knew. They were there. They and and based on theologians, they were saved. They 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 was a part of the fellowship. Cause y'all y'all do understand the first church. You just couldn't. It wasn't it wasn't like we do now. We just a lot of things. Somebody say they want to join. They you know just come on up and we don't ask them are they saved or nothing. They just hey. Right now, we're just looking at numbers. Hey, another family joined? Thank the Lord. You know, we don't say nothing about it. But no, you, you, you couldn't just join in this. You had, to, you had to be, you know, God added to the church daily, such as need to be saved. The Ananias and Sapphire was, was a part 
uh, of this fellowship, and no doubt saw as as what was stated, saw what was going on, and I, I ain't got to repeat that. But husbands and wives, you know, I I, I shared with Minister Tobert Sunday. I said, man, I said, you know, I said my wife is what what keep me keep me on the straight and narrow because. I don't want to come in here one Sunday and now everybody asking where my wife at. I don't, I don't want to be coming in here and now people wondering, okay, now we see Pastor, but where's Lady, where's, where's Sister Zachary at? Because what we've tried to build together as a team and what I preach about family and and husbands, hey, you want your wife to submit and love and 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 do all this for you, but are you doing it to God? Or, or do they see a godly lifestyle? Can they trust you? Can they, can they even when you preach? Okay? I, I, really, if my wife can't listen to me preach, I don't need to be preaching. Now, I know, now y'all know I don't care. Hey, but I'm going to tell every preacher, if your wife, if your wife can't listen and support you preaching, then you need to do a self-check. You need to do a self-check. And, and you ain't got to speak in tongues to do no self-check. And you ain't got to ask nobody else's opinion about it because you know whether or not you're doing right. Okay? You know whether or not you're doing right. And if your spouse, now I'm talking about you got a saved spouse. I'm talking about you got a saved spouse. I ain't talking about you got a a uh, 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 worldly woman that don't go to church anyway and don't know nothing about the scriptures and nothing. Ain't talking, you know, uh, hey, but you still chose to marry her in that case. But we talking about the church here, and I've said this for years, Minister Sister Tobert. They've been with me the longest. They can they can vouch. I said this for years. If y'all start coming in this church on a Sunday and don't see my wife and I can't give an account to say, hey, she, it was her turn to take Macho to the game or she had to take ice picks. Did that, or Pamela had a base basket, or whatever. Then somebody asked some questions. Don't just sit around and well, hey, the pastor, let him preach, let him teach. No, somebody got to have. And Mr. Tober said it, and I got to move accountability. And we got too many pastors and preachers that are more accountable to the church than they are to their home. Lord, I'm gonna make folk mad tonight, but I got to say it. I'm out here now. I might as well swim. I ain't going to sink. I might as well swim. You got too many preachers that are more accountable to the pastor or the pastor that's more accountable to the bishop or the bishop more accountable to the presiding bishop and all these other folk, but they're not accountable to their own wife. And I'm going to talk from the man's standpoint because I am one. There's no question about that. Because I know I've been in the house, I've been in church all my life, and I've seen it happen where the church will continuously support that pastor or that preacher as if they've done nothing and won't nothing be done or said in support of the family, of the wife, of the children. He can come into church, he can parade around, he can preach a good sermon, folks a shout and fall out and raise him a good offering. And won't nobody ask about that first lady, or where's where's your wife? Or what's going on with your wife? 
uh, brother, we ain't seen your wife here in a while. What's going on? And nothing is said and nothing is done. And then what that does is now that woman, which may have been uh, no doubt a, a, a special part of that ministry, those children that may have been a special part of that ministry, now they feel left out. Oh, okay, so what about us? I'm telling y'all what I know. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Okay? And the church got a problem. We got a problem with that because we will continually or continuously push that man and make him feel like all is well and make him feel like he's okay, knowing he done messed up his home. Now he done messed up his home. He done messed up his job. He done messed up everything else, but he can come to church and feel like he's the next Paul. He's the next Peter. He's the next John the Baptist. But when he go home, he a failure. He's successful at church. He's everybody's daddy. He's everybody's father. He's the neighborhood father. But his own children can't stand it. He's a husband. He's a husband to all the women in the church. And some are married. But they honor him more than they honor their own husband. But he come home. And he has no time for his wife. His wife can't stand it. And if your wife can't trust you, I don't care how much you can hoop. I'm putting it out there tonight. I don't care how much you can hoop. I don't care how much money you can raise. God ain't with you. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Sit yourself down. And you know what? Have enough where ain't nobody got to sit you down. You sit yourself down. And you go tell your pastor, hey, for right now, <coughs> I got to work on me. I got to work on my marriage. I need to save this. While I'm trying to save my ministry, I need to save my marriage because my first ministry is my marriage. Lord, help me tonight. God, I, thank God it ain't pastoral tonight. I ain't got to worry about raising my own offering, but it's so in the house. Let's look at verse 3. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart? Here we go to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. So now, now we got confirmation on what the possession was, land. Okay, so verse 3 again. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? In other words, why did you allow Satan to convince you to lie? He didn't make you but you allow him to deceive you, to, to convince you to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. Why did you allow that, Ananias? Peter keeps talking. He says, verse 4, while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but you done lied to God. You done lied to God. Peter saying, while they remained, it was in that, it, it was, was it not that own? Meaning, you didn't have to sell it, player. You didn't have to sell your land. Then he says, after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Meaning, 
And Anaj, could you not have done with it whatever you wanted to? It was in your power. Then he writes and says, well, he, he talks and says, why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? You know what? Let me tell y'all something. You can only play church but for so long. And you can fool me. You can fool some other folk. But the thing about it, you can't fool the Holy Ghost. And eventually, one way or the other, your secrets, your, your inner you, within your heart, one way or the other, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. I'm telling y'all what I know. Your secrets, your, your, your things that you don't think nobody know about, God knows. God knows. And I'm going to revisit that again because I really want to show you the difference on what happened here with Ananias and Sapphire and then the grace that God has given most of us, if well, all of us. Okay? But it was in, in, in thou hast conceived this in thy heart, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Okay? David said when David, and back, when he got caught, when Nathan came and, and, and said, thou art the man, and David had to go into repentance and turn from his wicked ways. I uh, keep telling y'all, brothers, stop, stop saying y'all like David. Uh, no, you, you want the punishment that David had to, he repented, but he had to suffer some things. And David did confess, against thee have I sinned. Because ultimately that sin that he did, even though it was against Uriah and, and against Bathsheba or with Bathsheba, ultimately that sin was against God. So God had to punish. God had to deal, because He's a just God. Okay, and Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. We ain't talking about Casper. Okay, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. All right, panel. I went from three to five. What you got? Anybody got anything? Um, I'm looking at this and it's like, you know, we're good at fooling people because we know how to, you know, talk to talk. Um, yes. we keep, you know, keep in mind that you can fool man, but you can't fool God. And right. this shows that, um, like in, in verse three, it says, uh, that Satan filled their hearts to lie in this way. So some of us are lying for no reason. Lying when the truth right. All they had to do was say, "Look, we're going to keep. We kept a portion for ourselves. We just tell the truth. Tell the truth. That, that's it. People looking for praise from men when God's judgment of you will be the only thing that matters. So we need to stop wow. looking at what man thinks and what how we're going to please man and and just stop the lying." Just stop the line because wow. we can't fool God. Wow. Thank you, Sister Oliver. Anyone else? I think this kind of counters that, that saying that we have um, about, you know, things that are done in the dark. Because I could imagine that Ananias was sitting there like, wait a minute, how you know? Like, how did you how did you find this out? So I'm assuming that God was the one that... Um, let Peter know, hey, 
you know, this, this what he's doing and what he's saying isn't right. But we're not just going to blame Ananias. We're going to blame his wife, too, because um, verse 1 or 2 tells us that the wife was privy. So she knew also she had knowledge of it. So, you know, as we spoke about accountability, they were both in the wrong. So what's done in the dark comes to light. Like nothing is truly done in the dark. Like God knows everything. So, you know, like you say, Austin Pastor, like, yeah, I may not see you, but the Lord sees everything. So, you know, we we could think that we're getting away with stuff, but the truth of the matter is, is that only for so long. And the, another wow. thing with lies is you got to just keep telling them and telling them and telling them and telling them to try to cover something up. But eventually you're going to catch yourself up because after so long, you're going to forget what you done said anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's better to just go ahead and just tell the truth. If it hurts, if it if it gets you in trouble, you know, just just tell the truth. Just put it out there for what it is. So that's what I took from that part. Wow. Great point, my sisters. Anyone else? Great points. Um, I'd like to add, um, I think that when it comes down to the scriptures and I'm looking at it um, as far as like verse 4, and um, when I look at it even in the NIV version, it's like, they had no reason basically to lie. You know, Peter's saying like, you know, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? Like, I asked you a question, like, so after it sold, he said, wasn't the money at your disposal? You could have handled this thing better, but instead you chose to go with a lie and stick to the lie. And it, it points out how sin makes you look stupid. Wow. There was no reason for it. That was the dumbest thing to die for. Is it really <laughs> worth dying for? Was that lie worth dying for? Because you lied to God, it was deeper than what you thought it was. So you could have just, you know, if if it didn't have nothing to do with, with, with God, maybe if you lied, maybe that wouldn't have happened. But you lied to right. God. Like Peter like, makes it plain and clear. You think you're doing this to us. Like, you, you're doing this to human beings. You're doing this to God. Right. There was no point in you doing what you're doing. You know, so the lesson learned here is for us, you know, make sure that we're not playing ourselves. Make sure that we're not lying. To wow. Them. You know, wow. And, and don't be silly enough to think that you can you can outsmart God. Yes. Because that was silly to conspire against God and come up with something and present it like that is, is silly. Do you not know who you're okay. talking about who knows your thoughts and knows what you have going on. See, that's the problem is that we forget who God is. Yes, sir. And what he's really capable yes, of. That's where we go wrong. And we think that God is just like our, our, our physical friend. Yeah, you can lie to your physical friend and get away with that. You can lie to your homeboy and get away with that. But God knows everything. God knows that you got this lying in you. He yes. sees through that. So when you approach him like that, then you have to deal with the consequences because the creation <clears throat> is not better than the creator. You got to twist Come on, preacher. Nope. That's all I'm going to say. That'll preach. That'll preach. 
check your motives at the door. Matter of fact, we, we see here, you, you probably want to check your motives before you get to the door. They, this should have been checked at home before they even got to the door, before they got to the, the place where the, where the saints were. This should have been checked at home. This should have been checked. Some, something, and it was between the both, dropped the ball and the accountability left, left out because now you got a family that wants to showboat or showcase and for, like y'all said, for no reason at all, you didn't have to do it. You, you, you did it because you wanted to, because it was something in your heart. Covetousness and, and wanting to boast and, and pride, pride, wanting to look the part. You got in that $100 line, and you, you know that check was bad. You knew, you knew you didn't have $100 in your account. You knew you didn't have, or you, you, you made a vow. You knew church asked, you know, those that can give $50, I, I, I got it. And you know, they ain't, you don't see $50 nowhere in your future where you're going to have it to spare or you're going to have it to give. But because you see others, and instead of you just, hey, well, I just ain't got it right now, praying that the Lord will touch somebody or the Lord bless me, do instead of you saying, well, I, I can't promise that, but I do my best. I do what I can. And living with that. Now, you want to jump in that line. You want to you show and act like every, everybody else or those that, that do have it. And you know you ain't got it. And now you done brought a reproach. Not on the church. You done brought something on yourself. And the old folks say, you done wrote a check that you can't cash. You know, they probably said it a different way, but yeah, your, your <laughs> mouth done wrote a check. Yeah. Y'all know what I mean. Your mouth done wrote a check that, you know. So look look here. Let's look back at verse 5, and, and we'll, we'll finish on out. Because we got to deal with Sapphire. We got to deal with the wife. This is a husband and wife team. Okay, so we got to deal with that wife. Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the gold. Listen, y'all, this God, death came quickly. Suddenly. While he was hearing, while he was hearing the words of Peter, death came. Just like that. There was no time. And when I was studying, somebody, was, one theologian, they was putting out, well, folks have asked, you know, where, where did they go? Then one of, one of the writers said, well, you don't see where they had any time to repent. Okay? I mean, but, man, we've done so much stuff. That's why we ought to, I mean, we ought to be excited every time we, every morning we wake up, every time we can come together, even on Tuesday night, even though we're in our homes and different places, we're yet, we're yet together to be able to celebrate the gospel and grace and, and to yet be alive because I, I can say for myself, I've done things that I deserve to have been taken right in the act. That I deserve to, to, to have been taken where the, 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 the death angel or where the ghost 
the 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 spirit leave my body. I surely I've been in situations, but God had grace and he had mercy. And I'm more grateful now, especially that I'm getting older, and being able to review and look at my life and look back at some things. And I'm able to be more more grateful now than ever. But Ananias didn't have that opportunity. He gave up the ghost. And look at what this says. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And I think Minister Tobin or, or, or one of my sisters said it earlier, you know, folks don't don't fear God. We we just seem to want to play with God and act like, you know, God like our best friend. You know, and I know we sang that song, I am a friend of God. He calls me free. Really? Do you know? Do you really know what you said? All right. And look, look, you got Paul bearers already there. There was no, there was no time. And, and, and the scholars say, you know, the Jewish folk, they, you know, they bury quick. They don't, you know, I, I know it's a lot of folk that say we black Jews and, and, you know, we Hebrew Israelites and, and all that stuff. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't follow that, but I'm just saying, uh, even if it were, these folk bury folk the same day. These folk, they, you die, you bury, you, you go. Why it take us a month and a half to put folk in the ground? We got to have fish fry. We got to do GoFundMe. We got to order T-shirts. We got to, we know he had no insurance. We got to do a car wash. Then we got to go through all this pump and circumstance. We got to, we got to, we going to lie and we going to hire a pastor that's going to lie for us. We got to wait on folk to come from, from out of, out of uh, you know, from the next city over, but they ain't got no gas money to get here to the funeral yet. <laughs> what are they going to say? And we got to do all this stuff. <laughs> but he had a funeral right then and there. Look at the funeral. Look at the procession. And the young men arose. They round him up and carried him out and buried him. Right then and there. Just like that. Let's go here and go into verse 7. God's time is, is drawing near. And it was about the space of three hours after. Now, I don't know what Seth Allen was doing. Maybe she had to do a half. Maybe she had to get her toes done. Why she won that church? Why she won that church when her husband was? Lord help me tonight. Why she? Why she won that at the church when her husband was at the church? But hey, you know we we don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But maybe she had to get a half done. You know it don't mention nothing about any children. Her having to get the children ready. But um, three hours later, her husband done went to church. Done died. They done buried him. She had no time to find out if she was a beneficiary. Three hours later, she didn't even make it. She didn't even make it to his funeral. What a sad way to go. She didn't make it to the funeral. She didn't get a chance to cry. And when she found out, well, let's see when she found out that, that they, had, they had already talked to the funeral home and had already had the plot and everything done and, and, and got rid of him. Let's see here. So about three hours later, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, 
Uh, that seemed like that's kind of harsh for the for the apostles to. Y'all think about the early church now. The apostles go down to call the pallbearer, get him out, bury him. We don't, we don't need to talk to the wife. Oh, Jesus, man, if I bury somebody that quick, I'm getting beat up. I'm getting shot fired. They're going to call Channel 2, Channel 46, and Fox 5 and talk about what the pastor done did. But let's look here. Let's look. Let's get through. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, yeah, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, Lord Peter, I know it's not going to be another funeral, not a double funeral. How is it that ye have agreed together? Together with who, Peter? Together with your husband to tempt the spirit of the Lord. Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet before they could say the closing, before they could give the benediction and yielded up the ghost. And the young men, the pallbearers, came in and found her dead and carried and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. They had a double, they had a plot, they had a double, uh, they had paid for two spots. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Let's go to work. What we got? That's the end of it. What we got? Come on, Pamela. What we see here? Um, I want to speak real quick, Pastor. I, w- I would say, first off, great lesson. Um, I want to speak to uh, an issue that I saw. I see an issue in the beginning when it comes down to Sapphira when she's uh, three hours late to the And I just want to use <laughs> this, you know, as an example on why even as a husband and wife team, why you should kind of stick together a little more. And, and, and wow. look at the angle, at the angle that I'm talking about. Maybe wow. if you get there, and maybe if you see what he did and see how the plan went wrong, maybe you oh. could have repented and had time wow. just to be able to change the circumstances. You could have probably been like, you know what, I'm going to let it go. But you didn't have the opportunity. You stuck it out because you wasn't there to see it in the first place. <laughs> just just using an outside-looking-in type of scenario like, ooh, maybe you should have been there with your husband. You probably could have caught it before it before it took you out too. <laughs> okay, all right, come on, preacher. I hear you working. So, so mm-hmm. she, so instead of her waiting to, to get that the benediction, she should at least probably got that when the choir was singing. Come on, come on. You probably could have made it out. You probably, it probably wouldn't have been your time yet. Hey, you know. Objectively speaking. <laughs> Objectively All right. Speaking. Hey, that, that's a, that's a that's a good point. She comes, she arrives in the church three hours late. Now, now that man is uncovered. He's uncovered. Uh oh. Uh oh. All right. All right, Minnesota. You might have you might have opened something up. Any any of my sisters? Anybody got anything to say? Um, I wanted to say that 
this reminds me of when at at the end when it's talking about the the church and when everybody saw that you know their sin equal death and everybody got scared. This reminds right. me of when we when we would <laughs> when we stayed in Tubby Grant and somebody would do something meaning me or one of my siblings, and then my mama would come in like who did it, and so she would whoop whoever did it. And then, like, the whole house was quiet for the rest of the night. Like, everybody was, like, walking on eggshells because she made yeah. an example about the person right. that did it. So an example was right. made about the people that sinned. But if this didn't teach us anything else tonight, which everybody listening should have gotten a lot, but if it didn't teach you anything else, it taught you to tell the truth, and it taught yes. you – it teaches you not to – allow your pride to get in the way. Yes. Because their their main problem to me was pride. Yes. Again, like Peter said, yes. it was yours. What did you lie for? You didn't yes. have to lie. You didn't have to lie, but people want to boast so bad. Everybody wants to be better than the next person or make it seem like they have more than or they're doing better than. Like, for what? For what? Right. So, you know, for them, for them. Wow. And that, that that was a real good point, Sister Tobert. Sometimes mama, especially if it was one of those older ones that that knew or that mama left in charge and that one of the younger ones did something, Mama would get, mama, daddy would get the young one, but then get that old one too because I left you in charge. You knew better. Why weren't you watching? I left the house, I left you in charge. Why weren't you watching them? Why weren't you, you should have been monitoring the situation. And in husbands and wives, I'm just going to throw it out there. You need to be watching. Watching for each other, watching out, watching out for each other. I've had, I, especially all known as a pastor, as a preacher, there's been several women that have, you know, came and gone in the church, or uh, we go to another church. And my wife, my wife, hey, it, it ain't too many places that she let me get, even in the church where I'm, I'm too far from her. And I make it a point to not only acknowledge her, but to show, not only, not only to say I love her. But even in the church, I make it a point, and when we're, when we're out, to let the world know, the church and the world know, I'm not just in love. You know, it ain't just a, a word thing, but I want to show it. Because love is an action word. So I do things now to protect my wife. Okay? And, and that's one of the reasons, and I said this over the floor, that's one of the reasons why I don't do social media. That's one of the reasons. That's one reason why I, I don't do Facebook. I don't have an Instagram. I had a we had a church Twitter for a minute. I stopped that. Okay, but it's a reason why. And this is me. I'm not telling nobody else. I'm just talking about me. But it's a reason why. Because I, first of all, you know everybody know what I'm doing and who I'm with and where we're doing it at for the most part. But I don't need to reconnect with nobody from my high school. You want to reconnect, come to church. I don't need to see you. I don't need, you know, if you want to see me, you can go to our church Facebook. And I don't even, I don't even operate our church Facebook. My sister does that. 
So anytime somebody reach out, Shannon will say, hey, this person trying to reach you, do you know who this is? And I'll be like, yeah, or no, or tell them, that, hey, give them the church address, they can come, they can come see us. But I don't know if I need to know or give my wife's number. Don't know if I, need, I don't need to contact with nobody. Okay, and it's a reason why I do it, and it's because I want to keep my hands clean. I want to cover and protect my wife. I want to cover and protect my children. Because I don't want nobody being able to say, or come back that I done did anything, especially on this social media stuff. Okay, because a lot of times we, you know, folks can get on that, and, they, and you think just because you delete it, that it's done. Man, you better watch. You better watch some of these these investigative shows. How they can go pull up stuff, and ain't nothing really deleted. And some of us, we just don't delete. You know, you just hey. So you you open yourself up for 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 whatever. And instead of you being the covering and protection for your family, husband or wife, vice versa, now you become a hindrance. And now you've opened up something that should have never been opened. Your family was doing fine, but now you've opened up or you've allowed something else, male or female, or both, male and female, to come in between when the scriptures say those that God joined together, let no man put us up. Don't let nobody come in and destroy and break up what you've done, and you've allowed that person or people, okay, to come in, all right? So Ananias and Sapphire, it should have been right there between each other, and there should have been some checks and balances, but it wasn't, okay? All right, so since so, so Oliver uh, and Lady Zachary, y'all, still, y'all got anything else before I close on tonight? Thank you, Minister Mr. Tobert. I'm just going to add, and then um, uh, the First Lady can go. But, um, you know, if our sins were dealt with swiftly and decisively on the spot, this world would be empty. And many of the things that we do, a lot of the things we do, they're more of a slow death. We lie here, we cheat there, we compromise here in this area, that era area. Um, We don't fully surrender our will for the Lord's will. And when we do these things, we slowly die spiritually. So it it may not be a sudden death. By the grace of God, you know, we haven't experienced that sudden death because of the sins that we've committed. Um, So I just want to say if if anybody's out there and you're doing something you know you ain't got no business doing, please stop. Because like um, uh, Sister Tober said, was that in the dark will come to light. And you may think you're getting away with something, but it's always going to be brought forth. Um, and the goal in this life is to make sure that God is pleased. That's yes. the, the, the number one thing. You please God, everything else will fall into place. So just just make sure that you're doing things the right way. And I always tell my kids, why lie when the truth will do? Tell the truth, get it over with. Oh, that's good. Just that's get good. it over with. There's no reason to lie about it. If, if you did wrong, if you made a mistake, just tell the truth because the more you – drag out the lie or add other people to your lie, it just makes the situation worse. So if you're doing that, just stop. That's all Great I'm going to add. Great point, my sisters. Y'all, y'all keep saying, you ain't got to lie. And every time y'all say that, I think about Craig's uh, on Friday. <laughs> Craig's Craig girlfriend, you ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't got to. So, yeah, you know, every time y'all say that, that's what I think about. I might watch that tonight and see what my wife says. <laughs> 
All right, baby, you got anything on tonight? Uh, yes, good evening. I was just waiting to the end. It was good. Um, Sister Oliver, she, lady, you could have just, I could have just actually been quiet, but that is definitely it. Um, what are you profiting when you, when you not tell the truth? You, you can hurt people in the process if you're not being truthful. Because first of all, you can't hide from God. It's darkness to people that don't know you or people that's not in your um, household. But I think it was Sister Tolbert that was saying it's really you're not it's, you're, you're really not in darkness when you know things you do in the dark and come to the light. Now you think you're in the dark, but you know you God God sees you, and um, and I would just I just want to encourage the couple to those that that's looking into getting married. Marriage is is I mean it's the team thing, but at the same time it takes work. I was 18 um, when I married my husband, of course. And one lady, everybody else was telling me, trying to discourage me from getting married because I was so young. But if you knew me, you knew me. If I made up my mind, it's a wrap. It's nothing you could pretty much do or say. But she told me marriage is what you make it. Um, and that is, you know, it, that's pretty much what it is. Just tell the truth. If you have to look over your shoulders, look to your left, look to your right, that means that you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Um, this message, my husband has been pretty much, I mean, he's, this is nothing, of course, it's not new to me and those that has been a part of Praise Tabernacle when it comes down to family. He's been preaching this for a long time, a long time. So this is nothing new. God gave him this, um, for God gave it to him for a reason and not to get off topic because we're still on topic. Um, even when it comes down to my husband, which of course is, is our, our leader, um, don't expect for my husband to, to know what's going on in your house. It's not his job to know what's going on in your household. Um, if the Lord decides to show him a situation, then the Lord will show him a situation. But don't ever blame nothing when it comes down to your personal self, your marriage, your husband, your wife, your family. Your pastor is your pastor. He's not your counselor. Spiritually, yes, but he's not your marital counselor. So those that are listening, especially that are members, y'all be encouraged because the enemy is slick. He'll have you mad at your leader, and your leader doesn't have absolutely nothing to do with your marriage. He's encouraging us to do the right thing. And if we put our trust in God, and if we love God the way we say we do, we will fall in line. So y'all be encouraged tonight. All right. Y'all know that. And she 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 talked like a pastor's wife right there. She know it. She know it. we have God knows we we have counseled especially over the almost fifteen years of during my lovely wife, we have talked to so many, so many couples and y'all may not y'all may not wanna believe it. You may not wanna believe, but we have been blamed for so much. We've been blamed for a lot of stuff. I had somebody somebody come into church not too long ago and <laughs> and just recorded about their marriage, about what some things went on. I'm not gonna definitely not gonna say a name or anything like that, but um was a little off because me and my wife counseled them and, and was encouraging her to 
uh, her and him, you know, to do what they can to, to work it out, to, um, you know, biblically, you know, as what I'm supposed to do. I would never, I will never tell a woman to divorce her husband. And I will never tell a man to divorce his wife. And we have learned through trial and error to sometimes just be quiet because we've heard some bad, we've heard some stuff that we thought was pretty bad and would be a reason to leave what we thought and what we learned is not to say nothing about it. And what we found out weeks or so later, a month or two later, that husband and wife worked it out, kept going. And that wife uh, stayed with her husband. That man stayed with his wife. And me and my wife, we would get together and talk and say, thank God we did not feed into what they wanted us to say. Because look at them now. And could you imagine the conversation of that husband and wife saying, well, my pastor told me, pastor told me I should divorce you. Well, pastor told me I should divorce you. Well, Lady Zachary, she told me I, I, need, to, I need to take everything and, and divorce you. So we, we learned that we never, and like I said, just a, a couple months or so ago, someone came in and, and said and kind of threw it back up in my face. Kind of threw it back up in the church. Came to a service on a Sunday and kind of threw it back up in my face that, you know, you told me to, you know, you encouraged me to stay with this man. Yeah, that's your that's your husband. And I didn't, as my wife said, I didn't know nothing about whatever, whatever. I'm doing what I think is right biblically, and uh, he wasn't beating on her or nothing like that. But, and then I thought about it. I said, I didn't tell you to marry him. So now you, you know, so uh, individual left out the church that Sunday and said, you church folk. I said, all right. Well, you, you church folk. I said, well, you thought to myself, you once was. So maybe you are not now, but don't blame me for your issues, for your, you know. So we, we've done this, this thing a long time and, um, Nobody, and let me say it again as if I was preaching, nobody can ever say that me and my wife have encouraged them to divorce. I'm a, I, we love families. I'm a builder of families. I, that's the reason why I preach about families so much. That's why I preach about it. And, and as your pastor, for those that are members of, of Praise Tabernacle, I will always encourage you. And I will encourage you. Now, if there's some things going on that you know is 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 health wise is may not be favorable for you to stay around, I'm gonna tell you and you pray about it and you ask the Lord. You ask the Lord. Because I, I got to stand before God one day. I gotta stand before God one day and I got to give an account as a pastor as well on what I did or didn't do for God's people. So I'm I'm always do what I can to try to encourage uh, couples. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> let me say this and I'm going to dismiss. At the end of the day, 
Your decision is between you and God, between you, God, and your mate, between you, God, and your mate. But just being a, a pastor that loves God, that loves family, I will always encourage as much as I can. You're not going to hear me tell you to divorce. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna hear that from me. Okay, now you go before God and you whatever you feel God tells you, then you live with your your decision. Okay, but ain't no I won't even give the devil or nobody else the benefit of the doubt to say my pastor. Now, we know those of us that come up in the old church, we know pastors did that. They you couldn't even marry certain folk without your pastor approving it, okay? And there are certain denominations now that uh, you got to get the approval of your pastor to marry certain individuals. This is not that, okay? This is not that. My mother, my mother, uh, God bless her, her soul, and she rests in peace. Uh, she, when she married my biological father, and I found out later on in life she married him twice, and she went to her pastor at the time, and uh, her pastor told her, which is our our um, you know our home church. He told her, said, "Well, Johnny May, you you marry him again, it's going to be worse than it was the first time." And my mother married him anyway. She married my my biological father again, and everything our pastor. Uh, told my mother everything she told my mother it was right everything that he told her it came to pass and my mom said the only good thing that came out said everything Pastor Bishop Carter told her was right but the only thing about it the only thing that um, the only good thing that came out of it was she had my sister and that was Shan. And I that was my mother's testimony, you know, a little bit before she passed. A little bit a little while, maybe a year or so before she died. And she was telling me that story. Yeah, the pastor warned her and, and said, Well, you know, I don't I don't she didn't say that he said not to, but he did warn her that it's gonna be worse than it was the first time. And my mother said everything that was what what uh, pastor told her was true. It, it was true. It was worse than it was the first time. And my mom, like I said, my mom said the only good thing that came out of that was she had my sister. Okay, and that was, of course, that was Shan. So you know, that that's how that's how it goes. You know, it is it, um, hard work and everything. So, but it is what it is. That you make your decisions, you know, as, as the old priest say, keep your decision decided. Okay, keep your decision decided. But trust in the Lord, as the scriptures say, with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Okay? All right. Well, God bless you all on tonight. Thank you all so much. We we hope, hope, hopefully, well, we already know that something has been said to prick our hearts. Even as the panel, even as I was talking, there was things that was just pricking my heart. So I'm grateful to the Holy Ghost that uh, my conscience have not been seared 
with a hot iron where I can't receive correction and receive a word. And after tonight, it makes me want to even hold myself more accountable uh, for my wife and my children. And likewise, as an extension of my wife and children, then to be extended church family to the congregation that we serve, that I serve as pastor and my that my family, the whole family, our family serves Praise Tabernacle. And these uh, leaders that are on tonight, this panel, our family serve uh, our church. So y'all be encouraged. We, we appreciate you. Um, meet us back Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. We'll be on Sunday morning. I'm going to be talking if the Lord delay his coming, if he delay his coming, I'm going to be talking from the subject, what is your excuse? I'll be talking, preaching, teaching from the subject, what is your excuse? You better tune in. Tune in with pad and pencils. Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, the Lord is coming. We're going to be live again for service. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer. And we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you tonight. As we get ready to leave this place, but never your presence, we pray that something was said and someone's heart and mind was, someone's heart was convicted, someone's eyes were open, someone's ears were open, that they're able to receive the word on tonight. But we don't want to be just hearers of the word, but we want to be doers of the word. And we thank you. We, we appreciate you for the grace that you've given us. And even somebody on tonight listening, and as I think it was Sister Oliver, someone so, so powerfully said, if you, you already know what's going on. Repent. Make that thing right. Turn. Turn from your wicked ways. So the question was asked, what, what must we do to be saved? And believe on the Lord Jesus and repent, and thou shalt be saved. God, we thank you. We honor you. We appreciate you as we leave this place from your presence. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20 tells us to go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. God bless you.